Alrighty, welcome to the My Age Podcast, a podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life, using music to plot a course from their early years to how they got to where they are now. Now, that would be what I'd say on a normal episode. Today's episode is not normal, neither are the next two if you listen to this as they get released. Uh, today is the first podcast of December 2019, and basically what I'm going to do, instead of doing interviews because everyone's really busy this time of year and, you know, it's hard to kind of tee people up, I'm going to do what I did last year, which was basically a, a top 10 best of list. Um, today's episode, as you would have seen by the title, is punk rock or just, you know, the punk episode. Um, so hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you hear stuff you haven't heard before and you dig stuff that you haven't heard before. If not, you know, whatever. If you're that way inclined, feel free to set, shoot me a, your top 10 list of punk rock records that have come out this year um, or tell me why I'm wrong. Or, you know, whatever. Um, next week's... I'm not sure if we... Uh, the other two episodes I'm going to do are a mixed bag one, which is basically just everything that doesn't kind of really fall under punk rock and hardcore, even though the lines are so blurred these days, it's kind of, you know, whatever. So that one's going to be the mixed bag episode. And then I will do a hardcore episode, and I'm not sure which one I'm going to do first, but you'll see it next week regardless. And then that's it till start of next year. So, Cool. Let's, uh, this is in no particular order. This is just <clears throat> an order that I put together that I think is kind of cool. Uh, you know, we, we'll work through it. You and me, we'll work through it together. Alrighty. First, uh, first album I put on my list, uh, again, it's not my favourite, but it's just what I thought was a nice little opener. Um, the Good Riddance album, uh, Thoughts and Prayers. When this album came out, I kind of was like, oh, cool. Okay, another Good Riddance album. And I, Thought I'd probably listen to it a couple of times and think exactly that it was another good rinse album. Not a diss. It's just you know I didn't I didn't think I'd be that highly stoked on it. Um, and then the album came out and I fucking smashed it. I listened to it so much. It it has this kind of new energy to it that I don't know. I don't know where the band got it from. I don't know. And maybe maybe I'm completely full of shit, but I just listen to it and think it feels like there's a new level of excitement or energy or something in the band that's kind of, I don't know, just flows through on this record. Um, it's a, you know, they haven't reinvented the wheel, but they've certainly fucking modernised it and made it fantastic. Not that anything wasn't fantastic that they've done, but this just has a really cool vibe to it. Um, yeah, it's, it's classic fucking good riddance. Uh, the song I've picked is called Don't Have Time. It's obviously on Fat Records. Um, just go check it out. It's fucking great. Um, you'll really, you'll really dig the whole album if you haven't already heard it. Cool. <laughs> i 
track we're going to go for is from a 7 inch from a band called The Drowns who look prior to this year I knew nothing about uh, and as you may have heard if you're kind of playing along and paying attention closely uh, I mentioned on the High Fives podcast the special High Fives podcast episode that I was on which uh, Nate and I recorded uh, in a hotel room in Las Vegas when we were at Punk Rock Bowling this year Um I knew nothing about this band. Nate gave them a really interesting, um, you know, sounds like for fans of kind of thing. And I think, again, I think I mentioned it and he was a bit off the mark, but if he had given me what I would have described them as, I probably wouldn't have liked it. Um, but we went and checked it out anyhow. And again, I think he was off the mark with his description, but it, they were fucking great. They were just fantastic. Um, full of energy a band that actually looks like they're stoked at doing what they're doing and appreciating everything that kind of all the small little blessings as much as I don't want to use that word, all, all the things that kind of they've worked for and now it's paying off. Like, you know, having a cool time, having a cool time slot on the punk rock bowling lineup um, and having a bunch of people watch them. So yeah, this was a seven inch. Uh, the seven inch is called, sorry, the seven inch is called The Sound um, and the band is called The Drowns. Um, this song is the other song on the on the seven inch. It's called "The Bricks of Old Rainier." <laughs> Oh, 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 
I should also mention um, that they have a new album called Under Tension coming out January 17. So I'm sure it's going to be an absolute banger. Uh, keep your eye out for it if you dig what you just heard then. Cool. So another band um, that I happened to luck out and see at um, Punk Rock Bowling this year was Refused. Now... I'm gonna. I'll put it out there right now. And again, I think I mentioned it on the High Fives episode that I was on. The thought of a new Refused album when it when they did the last one did nothing for me because I'm a fucking goose and I feel like people just wanted new noise part two through the whole way through the album. Um, and so I didn't really kind of want. I don't know. It's it's a me thing, you know. If you could, you know. You might get it, you might not. I don't expect you to, but yeah, I just wanted nothing to do with it. Anyhow, then I saw them and I was a bit reluctant um, going into it. But I thought, you know what? They've fucking written some bangers. They've written some absolute fucking bangers. So I'll check it, um, you know, checked it out. Um, They were fucking fantastic. They were one of the highlights of the weekend. And lucky enough, they, uh, you know, they released an album to kind of, well, not really coincide with it, but they released an album this year. I guess they were touring off the back of that. Um, the album is called War Music, um, and it's very groove-driven, um, as weird as that might sound. I, you know, it's, it, look, don't expect to hear New Noise Part 2 or New Noise Part 3, or even Shape of Punt to Come Part 2 or Part 3, um, just listen to it because it's a fucking great album. This song was a standout to me. Um, it was called Turn the Cross. I hope you dig it. Turn the cross, upside down. We don't cause the pale to weep with a bitter crown. Pass the beat, echoes on. Stupid pretty truth on dry feet deep in the con. Turn the cross. Oh, 
All right, so with me right now, I'm backstage at the Oxford Arts Factory because that's what we do. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you are backstage or just in the toilet area. Backstage makes it sound more um, chic. 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 Fair enough. Yeah, so what with me right now, I've got... Adrian. And? Yates. From? Beer. Wolf. And why are we here at the moment? Because we're about to play our record release... Year of the Dog. On? I meant show. Oh, uh, yeah, that's show. Yeah, that's Resist true. Records. There you go. Thank you. So, tell us about your album. Uh, we wrote it about fucking two years ago and then recorded it over a year ago in Adelaide and it was extremely painful. We thought it would be a fun process and it wasn't and it was uh, took forever to get mixed and all that kind of shit going back and forth between a lot of people. We finally did it with a friend of a couple of the dudes in the band who actually just works on film scores now. So, like, okay. the last thing he did wasn't another hardcore band. It was the Great Gatsby soundtrack. Good. Okay, as you do. So, you know, we mixed the album at Fox Studios in Sydney, which is really stupid. Um, support Murdoch. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, well, I didn't think of that. that. Um, yeah, you know, Kelly. Oh, so Beer Wolf, right. uh, Year of the Dog is the number one album on Fox News. So, and, uh, and um, Obama's one. a Kenyan. Um, yep. Trump 2024. By Yates. There you go. So, yeah, and eventually when we had it, we sent it to Graham and he said, I want to put it out, and he did, and here we are. What took you so long? Like, you know, why, yeah, what took you so long, basically? So, Pete Wood, the singer, is from Adelaide, and the yes. previous record we had done the usual, like... Post-youth crisis. Uh, Post-youth post crisis, correct. Um, done my homework. We, we had done the, the Arvo Sesh kind of thing for ages, doing it bit by bit, yeah. and, and we were like, let's have, like, you know, a real yeah. recording experience, experience to yes. do it. So, we went to Adelaide to record it. With Jimmy? With Jimmy, and... Um, like, we stayed at Pete's parents' house and um, it was... And I think we tried to do it in four days and, you know, bass player couldn't be there for three of the days and drummer was sick and it, it just didn't work to the point where I, my, probably my favourite memory of doing it is I am very uh, anal about flight times and all that kind of shit and yeah. so we were flying back to Sydney on Sunday Arvo because, you know, everyone's got to go back to work and they were all still doing gang vocals and I was like, the maxi cab is fucking here. We have to go. And they're like, no, 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 just tell them to wait. Oh, we'll get another get one. I'm get like, in on it. no, we fucking can't. We have to go. And we ended up, they like, a few of them went from there to, like, came out of the, bo the booth through, oh, okay, see you, Jimmy. Like, right out into the, into the maxi cab. And we just went off. And I was board. like, you're fucking kidding. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, we had, we had, like, disagreements about mixing and all that kind of stuff. And okay. Yeah. That's so, it. for those who haven't heard before or, you know, just to add context to it, tell us, as cheesy as this question is, where did you draw inspiration from? Um, that is not cheesy at all because it is an extremely throwback band, so why not? Yeah, um, that's true. I'm pretty sure about the time Good Riddance put out their last record, um, Yates had recently moved to Sydney and he was like, I don't really know anyone else who would be keen to do a band that sounds like this except you, so let's do it. And I think it was purely motivated by the fact that he was pretty into that last Good Riddance record is what made him do it. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, you know, being a fan of 
the 50,000 good riddance records before and all the other good stuff. And um, I say this only because they just put a record out and it was good. The newest album's a fucking banger. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I think his original plan was a band that sounds like Good Riddance. Um, he also likes a lot of more melodic pop punk okay. that I do not like. You so used to, but. Nah, that's your favourite okay. gag <laughs> that has been dispelled. That is fake news. Fake news. Um, I will tell Fox and Friends about this. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I tried to make it more nasty. He tries to make it more melodic. Dragon, the bass player, is just a ridiculous bloke who makes everything sound more punk. Okay. Um, Pete's a great singer. Chet is a great drummer. It all goes together. So, yeah, I know 88 Fingers Louie, Kid Dynamite, yeah. old AFI, old Offspring, um, old Art House kind of stuff. So, Mid Youth Crisis. Yep. Um, Late 90s, early 2000s, circa Art House. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, like, the first couple of songs were probably very, very cut and dry, you know, skate punk that could have been playing yeah. the local stage at Warped Her at Ulla Dulla type of thing. Yep. And then we just uh, got a bit weirder with it. And See? so, yeah, it's cool. Cool. At least um, I think it's cool, so sucked in. I think it's red hot. Um, you should be, you know. Oi, cheers. Oi, cheers to you all, mate. So, I guess, you know, unless there's anything else you want to add, pick a song and we'll play it. Um, play the song, fuck, what's it called? Sell the Space, because I'm pretty sure the main riff I kind of borrowed from Mind Snare. Yeah, like, yeah. And yeah, that's what I it thought. was extremely old AFI, and the other guys kind of pulled it back from the bat coffin cliff, which I hate them for, but it's fine. And, uh, yeah. There you go. Thank you very much, Adrian Kelly. Sell the Space, let's do it. Okay, next up we've got, look, it's a 
they're just this fucking classic band, aren't they? We've got Lagwagon, um, still pumping out albums. Twenty, I think it's, I think they've been a band for thirty years. I have a T-shirt that I think says established nineteen eighty nine. So, which would make it thirty years this year. Still pumping out fucking great songs. Um, this album was particularly exciting um, because it wasn't like it wasn't really a throwback per se, but it was more similar to their earlier stuff um their trash and uh and not really horse but yeah trashed and da if you're into those two albums there's every reason that you should dig this one um you know it's the, they're the kind of band that unfortunately might have slipped past people's radars because they they don't have the hype machine that kind of goes along with music these days they kind of just do what they do and in their own little world and um and because of that fact, they you know they wrote a song about it, and so I'm going to pick that song. Um, this song is called Bubble. The album is called Railer, and it was obviously on Fat Records. This is just a fucking fantastic Lagwagon song, and I hope you dig it.
this is the next jam I'm going to pick. Keeping in the theme of Lagwagon, um, I'm going to pick the latest Joey Cape album. Um, it, uh, completely putting it out there and being completely honest, um, it was definitely a grower. It's uh, or a sleeper or a creeper, whatever you kind of describe. Like I d- it didn't hit me the first go, but it took a few tri- tries. Um, it's very dark, which you know that's fine. That is what it is. It's called "Let Me Know When You Give Up." Yeah. This is this is one of the one of the later tracks, but I really really liked it. But yeah, it's very dark, and I'd probably give it a few listens if you're interested in it. Give it a few listens, let it sleep, you know, sleep on it for a while, and then um, or sit with it for a while would be a better way to put it. And then we'll, you know, hopefully you dig it. Cool. <laughs> to break 
falling down, losing faith. It's a measure of integrity. And without our mistakes, we would never awake. It's a struggle for sake of something for I actually don't think I mentioned the song. The song was called Fall Down. Um, yeah, cool. I hope you liked it. Uh, as I said, sit with, listen to it, sit with it, go back to it. Uh, I think it'll click with you eventually. Hopefully it clicks with you eventually. Okay, the next band, probably going to cop some shit for this. Do not give a fuck. Um, unashamedly still really, really like this band. Uh, they are Blink-182 or Blink-182, depending on which hemisphere you're from. Um, the new album... You know, it's the second one, Matt Skiba. It's it has its flaws, like a lot of albums do. But some of the songs, when they, you know, when it hit, when they hit, they really fucking hit. Um, but I don't expect anybody, anybody listening to this to like this album. Um, I just thought it was fucking great. People, you know, kick up a stink about oh, I fucking don't sound that good. Da, da, da. Like you know, they they're not like they used to be or whatever. And it's like, well. You don't have to be. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, then they're, they're f- you know, I guess in their mid-40s and singing songs about breakups and that kind of thing probably isn't on their radar anymore. Like, you know, well, it, far be it for me to fucking, they can speak for themselves. I'm sure there's a bunch of interviews on YouTube and whatnot you can kind of check out where they talk about that kind of shit. Um I just thought it was a cool album. Again, it had its misses, but it had some hits. And yeah, this song's called, this is a terrible title, but I really like the song. Uh, It's called On Some Emo Shit.
I forgot to mention the um, album title. The album title was Nine by Blink-182. If you like the song, you probably already knew that. And if you didn't like the song, then you probably don't give a fuck. So that is what it is. Uh, anyhow, moving forward, this next album was probably my most anticipated album of the year because I fell pretty hard for this band a couple of years ago. And it was the first thing they've released since I've actually really, really gotten into them. Uh, the band is called Off With Their Heads. The album is called Be Good. They were meant to tour Australia in October or November. Um, some shit went down on a Canadian, t- well, in Canada as part of a big North American tour they were doing, and they decided to cancel all shows for the rest of the year. Don't really want to get into it because it's pretty gnarly. You may have come across, you know, you may have heard about it on the internet. Um, it's there for you to look up. It's pretty fucked, um, but you know. Well, no, it's pretty fucked. There's no two ways about it. So I understand that they understandably cancelled their shows. Um, Anyhow, with that, as I said, off with their heads. The album's Be Good. Fucking cracking album. And this song is called Severe Errand.
Okay, uh, next song up I've got, well, I picked is a band called Loser uh, from Melbourne. They released a fucking cracking EP last year and I can't think of the name and it's pissing me off. I could probably research it, but you could probably research it too if you really like it. Um, yeah, they, they released a couple of singles this year. This was one of them. It's called Out of Luck, uh, which hopefully means they've got something new coming out in the new year. Fingers crossed, see what happens. Um, yeah, hope you dig it. Loser, out of luck. track we're going to go with track 10 very controversial pick because i remember when it came out everyone fucking hated it um understandably because it was a very hard album to to digest uh the album is the is koki the clown and it's called you're welcome for those who don't know koki the clown is no effects no effects singer slash bass player fat mike's solo thing he does and it is fucking dark and it is stripped like there's no height. There's not, you know, it's just all, he puts it all out there. If you thought he put it all out there for the book, which they, which the band did, um, if you haven't read it yet, the hepatitis, uh, hepatitis bar tubs and other stories or some shit. Um, a friend actually said to me, she started reading it and couldn't finish it because it was just too gnarly and too close to home. Um, yeah, you may not have that experience with the book. I didn't, but it was, it was a pretty heavy read in parts, in a lot of parts actually. Anyhow, this is, yeah, this is called You're Welcome. This is probably one of the most upbeat tracks on the album, but, yeah, it's pretty fucking heavy. And it's, yeah, look, 
like the Joey Cape album, listen to it, sit with it, go back to it, sit with it again. If you don't like it, there's no shame in that. Uh, but, you know, it took me a few goes, but I eventually came around to it. Cool. Hope you like what we did, what I did this month. Again, shoot us your, your lists. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me what you agree with. Tell me what I missed. Um, and cool. Next week we'll, we'll do it with something else. old women's shoes and traveled nine months a year when he left my mom in 71 I didn't shed one tear he was a man who married a teenage girl when he was 39 a man like that doesn't want a wife he wants a concubine he moved her to Boston away from her friends and family Isolated her, so in turn she isolated me. She went to bars and house parties and left her infant all alone. She joked that it was alright, cause in my crib she left the receiver of the phone. He was a shithead father who created a vengeful wife. Why I proudly say when I was 14. Saw X and the subhumans at the whiskey. That was the night. It may sound trite, but punk rock saved my life. At 35, when my father said he never wanted me, I remember that I didn't know it as well as. Bourgeoisie. Since she go out five nights a week, she got me my own TV. I found her porn and sex toys and began to realize then after she'd cooked dinner, she'd go out to fuck older wealthy men. I never had a babysitter, I had a latchkey. It's so embarrassing, but she never threw me one birthday party. I'd spend my nights going to every punk show I could find. My new home was Hollywood, around Selma and Vine. The cafe, the Olympic, and the Vex. 
You see, punk rock was never just music to me. It was my life. My parents were just relatives. My family was always no effect.